0: Tottenham, stick it in the goal, come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow, you are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen,
1: put on that lily white and run on to that green.
0: White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights, we fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights, and when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on Tottenham, papers. stick it in the Champions. goal Champions. Come Champions. on Tottenham, don't be Blood so bloody strainer. Strainer.
2: You are the Virginia. first team, the last team my dreams one. have ever seen Hi, it's episode one, season five of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, welcome to all our existing listeners and welcome to any new listeners listening for the first time to the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast Joining me for our first pod of this season, Bex from Portsmouth Good afternoon And David Fornell from Sussex. Good afternoon. Right, um, it's been a summer of Kane scoring goals, picking up awards, Trippier, Deli Alley getting on the score sheet, VAR, it's like we've not been away.
1: Yeah, no, we definitely have been. It seems like a very long time since the World Cup ended. Mm. And it seems like an equally big gap. Between the season finishing and the World Cup starting, it always does. Every summer, I whinge about this.
2: Well, here we are. Um, th- let's just briefly talk about. Um, I don't necessarily want to talk about Gareth Southgate and, and England and, and as, as uh, enjoyable as, as it was to watch um, their progress. I think that that's a conversation for another time. But um, overall. We had, what was it, nine Spurs players involved in the latter stages of the World Cup. All, all the English lads, um, five of them, um, three from Belgium, one from, one from France, Hugo Luis, lifting the World Cup. Um, it's been a good, good tournament for our players. It's
3: been excellent, absolutely excellent. The whole World Cup was excellent as well. So, yeah, great, great for our players. And look at the experience it's given our players as well, all that high pressure. Surely that's going to um, give us a boost coming into the new season, regardless of whether we get any new signings or not. But I, mm-hmm. I just think that to do. That's another, another conversation in a minute. But <laughs> <laughs> but that's got to do eons for our players. That has we'll see. We'll see how the new season goes. But I think it's going to bode well for us.
2: Beck's captain, um, captain Hugo, lifted the World Cup. Um, do you think he's going to bring that winning mentality? Um, to us this season, and, and and get us over the line, and get that much, much talked about first trophy.
1: Uh, I'm really pleased that they did so well, and I, yeah, it was nine players in the, in the two semi-finals, wasn't it? Nine, mm-hmm. ten.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, ten. Many lots. Um, so yeah, we did really well, and I think it is important for the England boys to see how far they can push that. I think Hugo has that much more experience anyway; he's a little bit older. His national side generally done a little bit better, so hopefully he will bring that back, and they'll all come back with a lot of experience from everything that they learned during that World Cup. The flip
2: side of that of that success is we've 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 had obviously a lot of players involved, and that means that um, they've not been able to report back for pre-season um, duty as of as yet. Yeah, but I believe in fact, um, Kane, Rose, Tripier, Dyer Deli, Dembele. Jan, Toby, um, <laughs> yeah. and Hugo will be returning tomorrow. But she you know, what four or five days before five days before the start start of the season. Um, we had a question from Dave Phipps on, on, on this very matter. He says with so many of our players taking part in the latter stages of the World Cup, do you think it will have an impact on impact on our start to the season?
1: Um, I don't know all if it right. will have a massive impact at the start of the season. I think that the benefits of that will be shown towards the end of the season. Where would the benefits be at the start?
2: Do you think, I, I, sorry, I was just going to say, do you, do you think fatigue will set in, perhaps?
1: I don't know, but it tends to be, everybody talks about, come the end of the season, everybody, all the commentators, etc., not that they are necessarily to be believed, but they will always say, oh, your Spurs don't have that winning mentality. So is that something that – and Spurs can't cope with the pressure. So is it something that we are likely to see at the start of the season? Or is it something that will stand them in better stead come the end of the season, potentially, depending on, obviously, where we are at that stage?
3: I think um, with all the, we're always comparing ourselves now to all the top clubs, uh, as we believe we're now one of them in amongst it. But the other clubs, like Man City, um, have got bigger squads that's what they've paid for that gives them a little bit more uh, of an advantage that's when that kicks in but um i I, now i i I think the way the players looked after i i don't see as a big problem i yeah i even even the, the ones that have trotted over to um north america um these days i mean they're their own planes, they sleep on the plane. It's not, uh, it, the time zone is probably the biggest issue to those trips, but I don't see it being a big issue. I think more the issue is if we get mentally tired towards the end of the season because we play such a, a, a high press, sort of high um, uh, effort game, and, and that tends to, you know, I don't think the World Cup's going to make it, but people, it depends where we are at the end of the season. People will make their own judgments, I guess, at the end of it. We won't know to the end of the season. Then we'll look back and say, yeah, yay or nay.
2: Mm. Um, the other thing that's been a topic of hot discussion in the last few weeks um, since some of players reported back, the first batch of players reported back for pre season training at the beginning of July, um, the ones who weren't involved in the World Cup, and then we had the likes of um, Son, Davis and Sanchez, Sanchez Eriksson reporting a, a, a little bit later, but, but one of the, the topics amongst our fans in particular over that period of time, and arguably since the season ended, um, has been the transfer activity, or the lack off, should I say. Um, let's take a f- few steps ba- back here. Um, Pochettino signed a, signed a new contract, we we, we recorded a uh, sort of an impromptu Pod just after that. Um so he's he's committed himself, which is good. Um Kane signed a new new contract as well. Various has as, as I recall, Davison Sanchez, um uh Harry Winks, Carl Walker P- Peters and, and there's been talk that although it's not materialised yet, the Delhi Alley, Christian Eriksen um will, will, will be signing contracts too. I should I should have said Sun and, and, and Lamello of course. So on the plus side we've we've kept all of the players that we want to keep. Um I know there's there's question marks around Toby, but that really has been all season. Um, It looks like the writing's on the wall there. But we still haven't signed anybody, and it's getting very close to... Well, it's this Thursday, the transfer um, window closes at 5 o'clock. Are either of you slightly concerned? I've been fairly relaxed about it, but if I'm going to be honest, I am starting to get a little bit concerned
3: trouble is you're reading too much in social media i mean some fans are just blowing up at home they are about it um i when he said at the beginning of the season i want to get business done early i had to say at the time i thought well he didn't say transfers he said business and as much as anything else it was his own c- contract and and uh, wanting daniel levy to commit himself as it were and and i think that commitment was just with him but it was with his coaching staff and certain uh, players and Harry Kane was one of them and we did that. Um, Those new contracts come along but I am sure that um, transfers are are very much part of that. Yep, we have to try and trade and and, uh, deal very acutely on price and Levy does that. Maybe he believes too much in his own hype. I'm not sure Um, but uh, the the trouble is the market has been skewed and and I I close my Last year when Neymar went to PSG for two hundred million. I just I just knew then. Oh, that's just completely changed the market. And it has since and whereas I mean Klopp complained that the market's silly and they won't pay silly prices, and then he went and bought um um the Van der what's it? Van Dyke um for seventy five million at a centre back for goodness sake. So he himself has skewed the market. We've got Richarlison has gone um, from Watford to Everton a full 40 million um, and even James Madison whom we were supposed to have one on I'm not sure we did uh, at um, Norwich has gone to Leicester for 24 million I mean that's a gamble that is a gamble so I can imagine what they're asking for well, it, it's if I'm if I read everything uh, or believe everything I read um, 36 million 35 36 million the one for Grealish and we're offering 20 um, my worry is that we'll end up doing a last-minute lunge for a Sissoko. Mm. And that's and that's probably a lot of people's fear, that we're not getting what we want, and then we're waiting for what's swept up on the, off the floor in the end. And I don't mean that nasty, but is he, not the player that we really wanted. Um, and certainly the price didn't do him any favours anyway. So I'm hoping if we're going to lunge at anything, we do lunge at one of our proper targets. I, I, I mean, you click... I would like to see Cessignon from Fulham as a last minute, but I just don't think that's going to happen. I, I, uh,
2: I was just just on that. I was r- wondering about this last night. Um, you know, m- much of last season, and in fact before that, there, there was talk of him coming to the club. Um, we've been heavily link- linked with him. That all died a death as soon as they got promoted. Um, we've we've not been linked to him since. Everything's been around Grealish, Martial, various others. Um, Though there hasn't been, if you take out uh, Grealish and and Martial in that order, there hasn't been necessarily anybody that's been strongly linked apart from those two with the club um, recently. And I wonder if, for example, it's been rumoured that Danny Rose um, we're willing to listen to any offers for him. If somebody came in for Rose on the final day of the season, let's just say, let's throw a name out there, um, Everton, for example, um if he surplus the requirements at Spurs and Everson come coming with with the right offer we would need another left back or another left wing back and i wonder if on that last day Levy puts an offer in a ridiculous amount of money um for Cession and fulham just look at it and say well, that that's too good good to turn around and 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 that's that's the player that we that we bring in because it it, it could actually be somebody that's not been talked about that much of late that we happen to steal on, on the last days. So it's not uncommon if you look at previous transfer windows. There's been players that we've been heavily linked with, the likes of Berahino, um, Barkley that never happen. And I wonder if Grealish is, and Martial are going to be those sort of players. And there have been other players that we've that we've signed. Sanchez last year perhaps. Um, Sun. Various others um, that have just sort of happened um, haven't necessarily been on the on the radar or, or been widely talked about have just happened
1: yeah because we do all our stuff behind closed doors we always mm. have done it's always very quiet there is very rarely a spurs are going to go for this player and then that actually happens it's not talked about because we don't like to publicize it for whatever reason not the first time, not the last time. All of the names you'll see in the media, it's there is a possibility that, yes, we have an interest in any one of them, but you have absolutely no guarantee that that interest is serious. All you do have is board journalists with a list of names and a bunch of managers going one from column A and one from column B and let's write this up. Because we just don't do it. Hey, you can funny? say what you like. You can say what you like, but you, unless you sit on the board, unless you're party to those transactions unless you bug levy's office mm. anything that you read in the media you can't have any faith in
3: mm. yeah yeah
2: i'm going to put, to put a question to both of you in a minute um about what would be a satisfactory outcome in terms of um this transfer window but uh, before i do that let's let's just dive straight into into, into some um questions from listeners Zoe Pearson, um, her Twitter handle is at Z underscore Pearson HFC. She says, welcome back to the Motspur Family Podcast. My question is, does our investment process or lack thereof show a serious lack of ambition or a selective approach in identifying targets that Poch actually wants to bring into the club?
1: Right. I don't think we have any lack of investment. I think it's quite evident at the moment. It might not be in the team. That investment is in the super is <clears throat> excuse me is in the infrastructure around the team, and they are getting there. Anybody who's seen the nice shiny pictures of uh, the new Spurs training ground where they've all got a hotel, they've all got their individual little rooms and nice balconies they can sit out on, and that's all designed for the team. So Levy is taking an unconventional approach in that his focus isn't necessary. The team is ticking over quite nicely. He's obviously quite happy with it. What he's doing is he's putting money in the background. Nice, shiny, fantastic new stadium. Not sure if anybody's heard about it. It's been quite quite, quiet. But So that's where the money is going. Because the team doesn't... He wants to get that done, I think, before he splashes big on the team. And all the time the team is doing okay, we are still Champions League, we're still doing stuff, then I think he's going to be quite happy with that at the moment. Once everything is once everything else is done to his satisfaction, that's when we'll see. And it's not like there's a lack of investment, and we're bottom of the bloody league 2, is it? We're doing all right.
2: Mm. We're also investing in wages. I mean,
1: yeah, and that. well, again, that's the media thing, and you never quite know what the deal is there. But there's a fair assumption that Kane is going to come back from the World Cup and will be offered more. I'm sure his agent has been on Levy's door saying. He needs more money, as will Larisa, and all of those players that were out there. So I think there are changes, but again, we're not seeing them because the club don't do their business in public.
3: It's a sad reality, yes. We'd all like to know, but um, that is the reality. It's the right thing to do. You can't be giving us snippets of information of what he's doing, um, whether he has two or three sugars in his coffee. Um, it's just, See. you know, there's certain things... Oh, is it? It's just... <laughs> <laughs> And he wanders around with a cardboard cup, I expect, as well, drinking yep. it while he goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, what 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 they do, What the club are doing? And I don't. And it's it's very short sighted. I see a lot of fa- uh, fans yelling at the TV screen or wherever they're yelling at at their, at their phone that we're not spending. leave his too tight-arsed, ty- etc. And it's just not true. What he's doing is he's building and opening up more money streams. He's trying to open up to America, why we've gone to America, why we've, we've joined it with the NFL plan. I mean, they've spent 10 million pounds on this stadium as, as part of their um, uh, bid to, to uh, play the games. Um, and our profile is being raised and it needs to be raised in the Far East as well. That's the big money. we still got a long way to go. Still, people trip the names of man City Manchester United and Chelsea off the tongue before they get to Spurs we have to keep and I know trophies will become part of that once we start to win one or two um, and become part of that that glorious day of winning the cup um, that will then come back into the conscience of the fans around the world but we have to build that and I'm hoping when it comes to September the 15th when that stadium opens up let tv do a fair few hours before the game on where we are who we are and look at the wonderful stadium and look what levy's done look what the club have done because it's not just about the club when it's about 950 million into about investment and not just in the players um that money's going to hotel into houses it's employing a lot of people in the area and i want that to come out when we do the big stadium opening exactly what the club are doing putting us higher up there bringing extra money streams then we'll start with the big transfers and I'm sure that will come that's the plan I'm quite sure of it because it's got to be Levy likes money he likes money why not it's not a dirty profit's not a dirty word it's it's, it's something you want and to do that if your club gets the bigger players it starts to win the bigger trophies more money comes in and and if he takes a bigger share for his salary great He deserves it,
1: but I think that is tempered by his and I think most people's acknowledgement of the fact that football is the transfer market is a bubble that's unsustainable, and at some stage it's going to have to balance out. Mm. And you can't stay. I mean, Van Dyke for seventy-five million is ridiculous, Mm. and Neymar for two hundred million, although there's some dodgy third-party deal going on there. But it's it's not sustainable. How can clubs continue to bring in that much money to pay? Their players that much cash, and that's without all their you know additional bonuses, etc. It's just not viable in the long term. There isn't that much money to come into clubs, and I think that's what Levy is wary of. He is very wary of spending a lot of cash, of which, because of the stadium, we don't have a great deal at the moment, I suspect. And he wants to just you know, I think he's quite happy to have those players, but he wants to go and look for them, he wants to make them want to come to Spurs not just come because of the money
2: a um, couple more questions we had on, on the transfer window John Steggles, has the transfer window been a right royal clusterfuck um, he says, submitted on Saturday the 4th um, of August so there is still time for Modric to rejoin and Trippier to go the other way he says, in a tongue-in-cheek way
1: that's can't be tongue in cheek. Modric's release clause is it is six hundred and seventy million. Trippi is easily worth that after that great World Cup. Nice. It's, <laughs> it's
3: seven, and fifty million euros. He, he wants a, it in euros. he did have a good,
2: good World Cup, but I'm but I'm sure his valuation is a little bit little bit behind that. Um, and also Ed Brad, um, a sub question to John's, um, which is even if we make some signings now, is it still a semi clusterfuck as it's. Later than Potch asked for.
1: What do we know? How do we know what Potch asked for?
2: Well, he wanted do, it. Goes back to what what David said at the outset. He wanted business done early. Now, whether that means acquisitions, whether that means securing players on on new contracts, who knows? What what we do know is that if we get some, let's let's just for the sake of argument, if we if we get a couple of players in, a couple of decent players, I'm not I don't, I don't mean a, another some, ones that um, you need
1: to go and Google. Yeah.
2: yeah. Or, or a Sissoko that we've heard of but actually isn't really that much mustard. Um, if we sign up a couple of decent players, if we bring them in at the 11th hour, it's going to give them... They, they probably wouldn't have had a proper pre-season. They wouldn't have had the chance to adapt to Pochettino's methods. Um, it might mean that they won't be ready. Um, uh, so you know, even if we do get good players, it just might be a little bit late in the day for us to see um, their real impact
3: well let's, let's, let's just go back one because at the moment people are thinking like Grealish and Martial those two players both play in the midfield and wide positions they're almost playing the same position so great we get them in so where do they play at this moment Whose place are they going to take? Now, you can argue, of course, that Son may have to go eventually to do his national service, and they could be in for then. But beyond that, and that's the problem we have at the moment. Now, I can see more of signing one of them. Um, and But Martial, the one reason he's got to, to move that I can make of is he's not been given a fair crack of the whip at United, and I would agree with that. We've seen it before um, with... Uh, um, their manager that uh, if you don't like his face doesn't fit he, he he just scowls at them um and martial seems to be one of them so quite rightly his, his agent says you know he's not getting the game time it's time for him to move um but he you know he wants he wants to play it spurs the right club for him whereas um with the villa lad grealish uh he's younger and he may well say uh I'm, I'm, I'm accepting. I will start on the bench for many games, um, and that's sort of where we are. Because who are we replacing at the moment? Um, you know, we've got a left back uh, in Ben Davis. We've got cover for that if we if Rose goes. Um, Toby Alderweireld. Well, we've even got cover for him at the moment. And certainly, if you play a back four, uh, it's it's not a big issue. You've got fourth to to cover in there or Dyer. So we've got play. It's it, I really not. Not sure. It's very easy to yell, you know, why aren't we signing him? Why aren't we signing him? You get Modric in. So what's he, where's he going to play? Does it take place of um, Ericsson? You know, we have two, um, two players who, who are doing much the same job uh, as the midfield creators and very good ones they both are. It, it, it's I, it's very complex and I'm I'm not sure. So, if we are, I, my suspicion, that's why I, I think that the old lad, because he's a young lad again and, and I think he can play sort of a, a left wing back in a five, very comfy. I think there is a place for him. But I think we're looking in a sort of, uh, not bargain basement, but players that have got a lot of promise. Yeah. uh, um, And and will come in. And I think that they're the ones that may well, I I think something will happen. I don't think we'll come out of this with nothing.
1: They could do it a bit more quick. No, not necessarily any more quickly. And the truth is we don't know what happens behind closed doors. So Mm. people can run and rage as much as they like. Twitter is a really not nice place to be at the moment. With a large section of Spurs hands. But, dudes, you've got no clue. You don't actually know what's happening. You've never known.
2: If I was to put it to both of you that come Thursday at five o'clock, we haven't signed anybody. Um, not through, I'm not going to, not through want of trying. You know, there could be a million reasons why it hasn't happened. It could be that um, certain clubs are. are, are Looking to get replacements in, in first before they sell those assets. It might be the case of, you know, for example, someone like Marshall. He, he's been linked with Chelsea today. He might favour a move to Chelsea over us. Um, if that's the case, there's nothing we can we, we can do about that. There might be a million num million number of reasons why it doesn't happen. But if if we get to a situation where we've tried our best and our first targets and our second and our third targets that that have been identified don't come through and we don't bring anybody in. And we possibly lose Toby, which is looking very likely um, if the reports be believed. How would you both feel about that going into the new season?
1: I'm fine.
3: Yep, I'm 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 cool with it as well. I mean, I could wait till January. Um, We're not in in a terrible place, and uh, I still see us that we can get top four. I really do. Um, We you know we played without Toby last year in in the majority, so I don't see. I don't, know. And, and Danny Rose who played without him so I don't see the problem I really don't and we'll come back to maybe where we're going to go And you've got two young lads and Luke Amos is one of them he's actually 21 so he may well be you know, just at the right point so sitting on the bench ready to come on marvellous Oliver Skip who's 18 yeah, in really September good. yeah the, the, I mean he's still quite young I suspect we'll see a bit more of him this season so there, there is stuff to come through, and that's what Potch does. He brings these players through. That's his skills.
2: I mean, per- personally, I, I, I agree with you both. I think that that we've we've got good players, good team, good good squad. And if we didn't bring anybody in, I don't think it'd be the end of the world. We've coped. We coped with as, as biggest fan of I am of, of him. We coped with, a, a, with without Toby for, a, for large parts of last season. So if he's not there, he's not there. Um, he's trading playing with Davison Sanchez and Jan Vertonghen for playing potentially at United with Chris Smalling and Phil Jones um, and for a bit more money. And that tells you all that you need to know about Mr Um, Should he leave, um, p- perhaps he, he might change his mind, who knows. But... Uh, uh... My only thing is, I I think that I think we do need to strengthen. I, I think we do do need to bring in good players, but if they're not available, then it's not the end of the world. We we do have a strong squad. I, I, unlike say Liverpool, who who have some really weak areas, for example, with their goalkeeper, where they did need to uh-huh. invest and they did need to in- invest heavily. Um, I, I, and
1: it's cost them a fortune yeah, to do so I, I, I and think that's f- fine if a club has so much money that they're not even sure which direction they should be looking when they're spending it and that's exactly what Liverpool are like and Man City and Chelsea and they're all focused on one aim and they are the people that in pursuit of a trophy will continue to push market prices until it is unsustainable and it's not just at Premier League level if you look at the flow down through the leagues as well it's ridiculous and yeah. they're talking stupid amounts of money
2: so here's the thing imagine if we get to um, the end of um, to, to, to deadline day and, and um, I can't remember who it was earlier one of you cited um, the, the, the the possibility of a panic buy and imagine if we, we we made a panic buy and we bought somebody like Sissoko on the last day of, the season? Can you imagine what the, our, some of our fan base, what their reaction w- w- would be? Um, I mean, for me, I would rather us, not, you know, I, I want us to bring in good players. to, to I'd rather not squad. bring in anybody than bring absolutely.
1: in somebody. At that yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But Sissoko is loved by Poch for some unfathomable reason. So I don't know.
2: But there's also a school of thought which says, you know, we, in the in the last two seasons we bought the likes of and Can do, Clinton the G, um, for example, to name a few, and um, even dare I say it, Oria. And perhaps some of those players haven't worked out, and they've just been squad fillers, and they've stifled the progress of some of the young players. So, I'd
3: yeah, rather maybe. us,
2: I'd rather us, for example, not get that sort of calibre of signing that's not as good as a, a Sun or Ericsson or a Kane or a Dele Alli, um, and then allow some of our young players to, to come through um, do you either if you remember about three seasons ago um, summer of 2015 and we were looking for at the time we had um, Nabil Bentleb and um, very good and who was the other one? Ryan Mason. Mason. Ryan Mason, Ryan Mason yeah. so, so, so they were in the centre of the midfield. We had Dembele as well, but he was actually behind them in the pecking order. And we were looking for a ball, uh, uh, a um, not ball, a ball, yeah, a ball winner, um, somebody who could, who could, uh, a holding player, a defensive midfield player. And we were linked with various players that summer, and we got nobody in the end. And and I think it was in one of the preseason games, um, and Pochettino played Eric Dyer. In the centre of midfield, and then for the rest of that season, he was a re- uh, revelation playing lo- alongside Dembélé. But I remember going into that season with the same questions asked. We also, as I recall, we were looking for another striker because we didn't want to put all the pressure on Harry Kane. I don't think we got anybody that season, we got Son, and we got Clinton and G. Um, and okay, we were probably lucky on that on that on that front in that particular season. We didn't really have too many injuries the only injury we had that season we had jan out for a while but it worked itself out plotch had a plan um and i've got no doubt it, that'll be the case now as well even if we don't sign anybody
1: yep it'll be fine it's the same team as last year in essence it's not like we were appalling last year and with a little bit of experience yeah i think we'll be okay
2: and with a lamella with a Preseason behind, him and also more uh, fitness. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be key. So far, um, okay. We've played a few pre-season games. Um, we played Girona last night. Um, I watched that. Um, it was painful. i um, not too disheartened by the result because it's it, it it's just a preseason game. Um, my thoughts on it were that it was a slightly disjointed performance, but that wasn't helped by the fact that we had so many players out, um, not just the ones who were at the World Cup, but even some of the guys who went to the States, the likes of Lamella, Sissoko, um, who weren't fit. Um, Sanchez and Erickson didn't start that game either, I don't know whether that was just precautionary, so there were a lot of players who were out, and Gerona were really up for it. Um, yeah, it was, it was just, just dis- disjointed performance, uh, so I'm not going to lose too much sleep over that one. Um, we also played some games in the States. Now, I'm going to make a confession here. Um, As I I said, I I don't really go by the results um, of pre-season matches one way or the other. Uh, It's difficult to motivate yourself for those sort of games. That being said, it's a little bit of football, it's a little bit of spurs while you're waiting for the weeks to to go by before the season starts. But the games are are at stupid o'clock, so most of them are on school nights. I try to watch some some of those matches. Um... I probably managed a few minutes before falling back back asleep, so um, I, don't have a re- I don't really have a great deal to say about either of those games. However, um, Chris Cowlin was in the States, and he went to the Roma match, and Mark Stoll, who lives in the States, he went to the Barcelona match, and I spoke to them earlier in the week, and this is what they had to say on both of those games. So I've got Tottenham fan, vlogger, Chris Cowlin on the line. Chris, hi, how are you?
4: Hi, Jav, good how you doing
2: good good not bad right so um listeners to the pods would have heard your voice um a few times last season on on, on the podcast and, and no doubt hopefully we'll have you on again um this this season um uh, you were out there in the states um when we played in the international cup was it the, the pre-season tournament
4: that's right yeah absolutely fantastic experience um one that I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, went to San Diego and LA uh, to watch the Roma game and Barcelona game, and uh, yeah, really enjoyed it.
2: Now, I'm I'm going to be very honest with you. I'm very dismissive of, of pre-season f- friendlies. Um, I think they're more an exercise in terms of getting players match fit, and I'm not, and I, and I'm, and I don't read too much into um, the results. So if it, if we lose. I don't think it's the end of the world, and I think if we win, we um, shouldn't read too much in, into that. Um, and as it was, um, most of these games were at stupid o'clock, so it, it was a challenge getting up to watch them. <laughs> um, but that's, that's me, that's 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 the, the cynic in me. Um, was there anything... In terms of um, the Roma game, um, which was, that was the first game um, that you can take away from, the, you know, was there a standout performance from a particular player that caught your eye? Do you think that, Do you think there are any valuable lessons that Pochettino can can take away, bearing in mind, unfortunately, most of the squads, um, was it nine of the players weren't involved because of the World Cup, the Eng- English, Belgium lads, um, and obviously Hugo.
4: Yeah, obviously Hugo's missing uh, three Belgian boys, the, the five England um, players. So you know, nine first team players um, out of the squad. So Pochettino had to really, um, you know, put a completely different team out. And you know, the the players that really caught my eye in the Roma game in particular um, were Lucas Moura, um, superb performance from him, and uh, Lorente. You know, it was really nice to see Lorente score a couple of goals. Um, Spurs actually went 1-0 down after just a few minutes, which was really disappointing. But um, we have this great strength, determination, um, you know, under Pochettino. And we come back, we won the game 4-1. It was 4-1 at half-time. You know, even Lucas Moura scored a header, which even, you know, d- due to his own admission, he doesn't score many headers. But as I say, it was really nice to see Llorente um, grab a couple of goals. And what was really, really nice is... Um, I watch um, Tottenham uh, reserves, or under-23s as they're called, and I've seen Oliver Skip play you know, a few games, and it was really nice to see him. He's a 17-year-old midfielder. He came on in the 63rd minute for Erickson. It must have been a superb moment for him, and he's just so comfortable on the ball. And yet again, it's just so nice to see these youngsters coming through So, for Pochettino, um, you know, it must have been fantastic for him because he's working with so many young players yet again. And, you know, even though the the English boys and the Belgian boys are out and, of course, Hugo, you know, they're still around the players like uh, Ericsson and Lamella, uh, Lorente, you know, experienced players. So, for a 17-year-old, you know, like Oliver Skip to come in and actually get um, some game time as well, it just must have been fantastic for him. And, you know, really nice to see so many young players coming through, as,
2: as you mentioned, you've you've seen him play for the under 23s at Hotspur away and, and you had the benefit of seeing him firsthand um, for the first team, albeit at a friendly. Do you think? and this is obviously a completely subjective thing but in your in your opinion do you think he's ready to make that transition into the verse team and do you think in light of the fact that we've got a few injuries and there's also question marks on on the 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 players that who, who are involved in the latter stages of the World cup do you think that we might see something off him against newcastle or are we perhaps more likely just to see him cameo appearances in in the carabao cup
4: yeah, I, I would. I would probably say it would be probably a little bit too early for um, someone like Oliver Skip to play in the Newcastle game. But it's really nice just to see so many young players coming through. Um, perhaps some of these players wouldn't have got the opportunity had the the nine, uh, you know, first team has been involved in the squad. Um, but it, it's a great thing that um, you know so many players are coming through. Pochettino would have seen a lot of these first-hand hand. Um, you know, working very, very closely with them, and even in the Roma game, you know, you had people like Gazaniga coming in. You know, made a good save in the game. Uh, Anthony Giorgio uh, come on as well. George Marsh. You know, so there's so many, so many young players coming through, and I think it's great. But I do think that we will see a number of our youngsters. Um, feature in the uh, 2018-19 season. You know, perhaps not in the first couple of games, but like you just said, you know, in the League Cup and you know, perhaps FA Cup games. Yes, I do think they will feature.
2: Final question. Um, again, and this is be- because of the, the the fact that we obviously had Kane C- wasn't available. That that provides an opportunity for um Lorente to start. Now, I had read that. Um he was looking a bit leaner and um and he also got got off, got, off, got on, on the score sheet in the first game um in your opinion do you think possibly he's got a future at spurs or is he just playing for the shop window
4: um do you know what jab we, we've spoke about this at length you know uh, me and you about Rente, and I. As a Spurs fan, always cheer for every Tottenham player and obviously want them to do well. And from what I saw of Lorente during the US tour, um, he looks like he wants to play, looks like he wants to perform, he looks like he wants to score goals. And I just saw um, a completely different side um, of him this time. And I was very lucky um, in LA to go to the Open training session. And the players were just so relaxed, including Lorente. you know, Meeting fans, having photos, autographs, and all of that, and to see him in that light, it 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 was refreshing. And uh, I really do hope that you know he, he kicks off you know the the season with with a couple of goals, just to give him that confidence. And who knows, you know, it could be a completely different season to what it was last year. Chris,
2: as ever, it's been a pleasure to speak to you, and hopefully we'll, we'll speak again um, on the podcast later in the season. Thank you very much. Joining me is Mark Stoll from California. Hi, Mark. Hey, Jeff. So you were at the second match against Barcelona.
5: Yeah, second match in uh, LA at the Rose Bowl Stadium. Yeah.
2: Um, and that's was that the, the the very same stadium that Roberto Baggio um, hoofs the penalty uh, at the '94 World Cup.
5: Yes, it was yes it was, okay. yes, it was.
2: yeah um, so um, there's a reason that I've got you on well obviously you were there you were there at the game so you can give a f- first-hand experience of, of, of what it was like and and how, how we played um, but it, I, I'm going to be quite frank and I struggle to wake up and watch any of these games. I mean I watch some of them, I watch bits and pieces, but I was fairly bleary-eyed. So first things first, um what, what what was it like as an experience going there watching Spurs in the States?
5: It it was pretty interesting. I've it's the, it's my first experience going to my, any of these friendlies and uh yeah, it was it was quite interesting there was an sh- absolute shitload of Barca fans there. Obviously, the, the Mexican contingent in, in L.A. must be big Barca fans. There was must have been some kind of Barca supporters club in one end of the ground because they actually let a flare off in the second half, which was pretty interesting. But yeah, it was just a, a sea, a, an interesting sea of messy shirts, uh, probably 60% of them fake. And there was a whole bunch of um, different Premier League shirts being worn too. I couldn't believe it. It was lit. I probably saw every Premier League uh, shirt represented being worn by somebody there. And it was just kind of weird because it's like, well, you know, if, if Arsenal or any other Premier League team were playing in the area, I wouldn't show up in a Tottenham mm-hmm. shirt. I probably wouldn't even go. But, you know, it just shows that there's obviously a bunch of fans and, you know, they just want the opportunity to watch some decent football instead of the, you know, the crap that they get from the MLS. So, yeah, it was good. There was 66,000 there, which was pretty surprising. It didn't seem like there was that many. It was pretty humid, um, but it wasn't cool. bad at all. Yeah. It wasn't a bad, bad experience
2: at all. I mean, the whole concept of summer football, you say humid, hot and humid football, I mean, we're used to watching watching football on a dark winter's night, um mm-hmm. in 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 blighty on a on a december december evening and you've got um summer football um bikini clad babes no doubt watching the game that sort of yeah, thing. there was
5: a few there was a few tidy latinas around i' will tell you that much oh really realize, but yeah but no it was good, it was good.
2: let's let's move, move it on to the um <laughs> we could <laughs> we could talk about that for a bit we're not going um let's let's move it on to um for football um but i, I spoke to chris, chris Cowan um as well um who who um was at the first match um, against roma and the point mm-hmm. i made to him and i'll and make to you as well i'm not a big fan of pre-season friendlies so i think too there's too much we, read, we can try to read too much in, into them if we lose one it's all doom and gloom if we win one we can get people get carried away the reality is it's more about um you know, getting match fitness—that—that's yep. that sort of thing. Having said all of that, and I know it probably wasn't helped by the fact that a lot of the first team players um, weren't there. Um, for for those that you did see start um, the match, whether they be uh, regular sort of first teamers right. or young players, was there anybody that caught your eye? Was there anything that any lessons that you think Pochettino can take going into the new season?
5: Um. I thought I think um, a couple of the youngsters look pretty good as it goes. Um, Amos was good. Um, real one thing that was noticeable for me, I watched all of the friendlies, you know. But one thing that was noticeable that even though it was a friendly, we had we seem to have a lot more energy for it. We in all the games we did really well in in you know our closing game our pressing game was really really evident whereas the other teams seem to be sort of switching on switching off you know just kind of playing playing out whereas we we seem to have more energy and um, amos was definitely a part of that he, he looked like a decent little player uh smart you know good with the ball um Maybe lacking a little bit of confidence towards the end of the Barca game when, when we got, when we had scored and we, you know, we were trying to come back, eventually getting it back to two-two. Now there's a couple of times where he got the ball in a, in a good position, and then he went, he played safe instead of maybe trying to put somebody like Eriksson or Sun through on goal when he had the opportunity. So obviously, you know, there's a he's still got a little bit of a way to go. Confidence-wise, but there could be a good player there. And also, the second half, we brought on uh, Skip, and uh, he was good. Was it Skip or Ship? I can't. Kind even. Of, skip. Kind of skip. Yeah, yeah. He he was good. He was he was like Amos, real lively, all over the place, and he, he was more quite definitely more confident than Amos was. I I like the look of him.
2: Do you think either of them have done enough? I mean, bearing in mind we've got a few players that picked up injuries, we've also got question marks over the the World Cup players, whether they would be ready to come back so soon. Do you think any of them have done enough to force their way into the first team um, in terms of the Premier League, or, or whether that's starting or maybe even being on the bench? Or are we perhaps looking more at Carabao Cup?
5: I would think. I would think. I mean, maybe at the start of the season, if we've got players coming back from the World Cup that ain't quite up to it yet, maybe they could, you know, get a bent a place on the bench. But Carabao Cup is where I'd probably expect to see them show up. Mm. You know, unless you know, unless they just fly, you know, and just and you know, get just get better and better with the experience. We'll have to see. Okay. But they they were good.
2: So the, the one other thing I just wanted to very quickly ask you about was um you mentioned the young players but of, of the more established players and I'm particularly thinking of Mora who came in in January and Lorente and I read a few reports about Lorente looking le- leaner and, and trim in the first match and he scored a couple um you were there in the second game against Barcelona how did how did, how, do, how do you think Lorente and Mora did
5: um, Lorente, he ain't got the legs anymore, Jav. I mean, we we put some some perfect crosses, you know, a couple of times across the six yard box. He weren't there. He can't. He couldn't get there in time. It just, just, it just feels that he did, That for me, it feels like he doesn't fully fit with our team. He's not fast enough anymore. He's, I think, to me, a, I've always thought he's a waste of time. But I didn't. I, I didn't see any. Reason to feel any differently about him From watching him on last Saturday or any of the friendlies yeah. um, Mora I Don't know what the deal was with Mora. to me. It, it felt like um, Poch was trying to have him come in field a little bit more in These games especially in the basket game and he just weren't in it, it Just seemed to get caught in the in in You know in just just stuck in the middle in 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 a a group of players and not really getting the ball where you want him to get it I mean he he was decent in the first game but on last Saturday he weren't really in it and he came off and and Nkudu wasn't in it and then suddenly he scored a goal and and he played better but he wasn't really in it either he just with Nkudu I watched with Uncudo, I wanted to, you know before he came up before he scored. I was saying he needed to come off because he just felt he just felt like he wasn't going for it. You know what I mean? Like he's got the power, he's got the strength and the speed to start taking players on, and he just feels like he never wants to do that.
2: Mm. to me, well, the, tra- the transfer window closes in a few days' time. It remains to be seen how many of. Some of those players that you mentioned, the likes of Lorente and Canudo, whether they'll still be at the club or whether we'll ship them out, um, either either you know loan them out or, or, or sell them. Um, and then I guess yeah, we'll, we'll soon find out whether Moura can show the potential that he's we've seen in glimpses early, earlier this season, and as you say in the first game on, on a regular basis, and, and whether those young players. Um, skip amos can um step up and, yeah. and and take those chances um
5: yeah it was it was disappointing not to see lamella on saturday because he played really well in the first game he looked mm. real energetic. i mean ericsson for the 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 time that ericsson played he was he was just class you know just the his, his vision, just when he got the ball, just the way he handled the ball and everything, he he was a cut above everybody else on the pitch to me. And But um, yeah, I was disappointed. I'm hoping Lamella's just a minor injury because he looks real sharp.
2: Yep, absolutely. Well, marcus it's been good to speak to you and no doubt we'll have you back on the pods um, properly, not in a cameo, um, later on in the season. <laughs> okay, cool, thanks. Those were the thoughts of Chris Cowlin and Mark Stoll on our pre-season match matches in the States. Right, um, we're going to look at predictions for Newcastle on Saturday and overall predictions for the season ahead in a in a minute. But before we do, Bex, do you have an update on the Spurs ladies?
1: Oh my God, it's been like really, really, really busy. So they've had a whole uh, bunch of players leave. Um, Hannah McKenzie, Katie O'Leary, Lauren Pickett, Arthur Pond Ponder's left, as has Shannon Maloney, and importantly. Our goalkeeper Tony Ann Wayne has retired. She's been with the club for a very long time indeed. So Tony is still very active on Twitter supporting the teams. So that's really nice to see. Um, incoming, well, pin your ears back. Uh, so Coral Jade Haynes was on loan to us last season. She's now made that move, a permanent move. We've had a load of players come, interestingly, because the league has restructured. We've had a lot of players come from um, the WSL1 side. So Anna Philby is joined from Arsenal. We've had Jess Naz and Emma Gibbon, who is a new goalkeeper. They've both joined from Arsenal as well. Um, Jess Naz is uh, an England under, or she's been training with the under 19, So that's really, really positive. We've had um, Angela Addison has joined from Basildon, ladies. So they were contemporary of ours when we played the season before last in the Southern League. Who else have we had? So Rhianna Dean and Megan Wynn both joined from Millwall. Megan Wynne is a Welsh international. And we've had Anne Millwall join from Chelsea. So that's been really busy on that front, um, which is really nice to see, having said that, obviously. Um, so they have had a couple of pre-season friendlies, and as is the men's games, it's a mixed bag. Some wins, some losses. They're playing at the moment and losing 2-5 to Reading ladies who've come to visit at Chessent. The next game is on next Sunday is on the 12th, and that's away at Chichester City. So depending on where that is, now my car's fixed, I might just have to bimble down and go and see that. And also depending on the weather, if it's this hot, I'm not going to go and watch. And they had 11 of their of the team from last year sign new contracts, so it's all really really positive. I'm looking forward to a good season in WSL. It's good
2: to see that they're tying down. Um, their top players but also investing um, in a lot of players who have got experience of, of playing in that league
1: yeah um, really good to see
2: And when's their first um, competitive match
1: ah forgot about that um, uh, the, the, no well I, I I didn't track any of that I just did you know kind of what's been happening so <laughs> I
2: think it's I think it's September something I think they're in September Um, um yeah but I can't remember which
1: game. But it, I, I believe it's September. Um. But they've only got twelve matches. Oh, well, yeah. It's um, it's bizarre how the women's league works. They've got their cup competition was released as well. So the dates for that, because that's played as a league rather than just as a straightforward knockout. So that's really bizarre to kind of get your head around mm. because it's not what we're used to watching. So their first match is on September the 9th, and that's a home match against London Bees. Uh, at one o'clock and that's at Chesson yes it is at Chesson and then over oh, the Continental League Cup so we have uh, um, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Hove Albion Town, London Bees and Chelsea in our group and the first game of that kicks off on the 19th of August and that's away to Crystal Palace so it's all going on it's bizarre so- isn't it that a cup games start before the league it's odd, it, it, it is odd. But, that, uh, but the women's league is all very different. Yeah. yeah.
2: Anyway. It's good, it's good, to, it's good that, 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 that they've managed to retain their status as well in the league, because there was um, some concerns over that, as I recall.
1: No, Spurs ladies have always been quite clear that they're going to stay where they are. There's some cheating going on, um, if you perceive it to be that way, with other clubs buying their way in. I think that's the correct thing to assume. Uh, um, big Who would teams, you mean? Who would big you, who teams you mean? making, not having had a, a women's team previously, inventing yes. one, um, getting lots of ex-internationals in, including managed by an ex-England international, and then going in at WSL2 stage. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't sound fishy at all. So I'm presuming there's a nice big backhander somewhere at the FA for that. Man United. Anyway. <laughs>
2: I think it's a massive oversight. That, it's that, appalling. That they were allowed to imagine. Imagine if they joined at the bottom of the of the um, pyramid, um, as it were. Um, that would actually be that would that having United or United Ladies um, at that level would probably draw crowds, no doubt.
1: Yep. But and they've it,
2: had, and it would have been good for the game.
1: But well, uh, yeah. But then you get into the situation not similar to the one with Rangers in Scotland, you know, where they got relegated. Mm. So would they have kept all those players? Would they, if they'd started off in the Northern League right at the bottom as a new entry team, would those players have said, oh yeah, that's a good idea, we'll come to that. Would Casey Stoney have been so willing to take on the manager's role? Probably not. So I think they have absolutely bought their way in and it's really, really poor. And I think the FA have allowed it because it's Man U yep anyway
2: still at least we do the thing as a club we we, we do and we always have done things the, the right way, way. Mm-hmm. um i was i was reading something um just go off on a tangent here i was reading a book about white Hart lane um uh yesterday and um there was a section all, all about archibald Leach and all the fantastic stadium designs um but how the fact that um the shelf and well the the whole stadium at spurs he, he did the west Ham as well but, but the shelf is what he's sort of most associated with but the fact that he apparently had an affinity with the club um because he liked the fact that this was a club which wasn't run by businessmen who were just seeking to make money or have a franchise he liked the way that we we were run back then um and you look at you look at what Levy's doing. And I know he's a businessman. And I know he's—he's he's, he, no doubt for him profit is is, is important. But if you look at—and it's touching upon what David was saying earlier—if you look at what he's done in terms of the stadium, the regeneration that will, that will hopefully happen in in, in the area, um, the fact that he's kept Tottenham in in the same pretty much in the same footprint, um, and and all of the the, the, the fruits that will, that will follow. Um, it's a good thing I mean, and it just goes to show that we are doing things the right way even if sometimes fans get frustrated because they don't see see that translate in, in marquee signings or cups or, or, or whatnot but um, I, I'm happy with the status quo and I, and I think that's not to say that I, I, I Want us to improve um i'm I'm sure we will I, I I said it before I think we're well placed as a club um more than any other time in our history to to push on. I think the foundations are there, yep um right, let's briefly look at um newcastle um that's the first premier League game this season um Saturday away from home it's twelve thirty it's a sky game uh, bizarrely, it's the first game that we played. Last season, um, also away from home. That was on Sky as well. Um, prediction specs?
1: Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think maybe because I haven't watched any of the pre-seasons, then I've got no clue really on how it's all going to go. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, A lot's, lot's going
2: to be di- dictated by which players are available.
1: Well, and who comes back from pre-season <laughs> yeah. having put on some weight and who is ready to have two lungs in the service of Potch's infamous pre-season training routines to know should be an interesting game though it be nice to get a balance and thank Christ the football's back
3: absolutely David
2: you're going up to Newcastle I believe
3: I am I am uh, on Friday I should be there the day before um, go up and see my daughter stay with her and uh, go and get, watch the game the next day uh, Newcastle are not in a great place um, so
2: of course they're not it's all the way up north <laughs>
3: Uh, financially and football wise i was more discussing um, <laughs> um, no they they're still trying to, well, uh, uh, the owners still want 350 million and there's a, a a consortium that are trying to pay best part of 250 million uh, um he won't budge so consequently the manager is not getting what he wants to s- suspend um they they're behind schedule where they, they should be so I'm hoping to find still a Newcastle that's trying to find itself um, and I would I would still uh, expect a Spurs win uh, um, up there uh, and I would go for the same as last year as 2-0 mm. I
2: think oh, I, was just, I wish I was going to sit on the fence and say it would it, be a draw because that's, that's the easy thing to say given given I don't know who's going to play and who's going to be available um, with the injuries that we've picked up and, and the players are returning from the World Cup but I can't. I'm I'm going up as well. I can't go anything other than a Spurs win. Um, I'm going to go for a slightly conservative two-one. Um, yeah, two-one. I think. Right. Um, this is the fun and um, recurring. Oh, no, Not we'll we'll get to the recurring question in a minute. Predictions for um, the season ahead, (laughs) both in terms of Spurs and also um, the top four and teams that get relegated. Who should I come to first? David.
3: All right. right. Yeah, OK. Well, I've done a a league table. So to um, win the Premier League this year, I've gone for West Ham to win it. (laughs) Arsenal second. uh... Oh, hang on a minute. Sorry about
1: that. Turn it up the other way. Yeah, the paper (laughs) upside
3: down. What was I thinking? Sorry about that. Can't read my own writing. Uh, Clearly, um, I'm going for Man City to take the title again. Uh, Who would bet bet against them? Um, I do think Liverpool have improved their squad. um, And I think they might just have enough to take second place. I've put us down for third. Um, I'm I'm still being uh, extremely confident in us to, do, to get something out of it. Manchester United I think will tumble to fourth. It's his third year Mourinho and already I, I see the chinks in the armour almost like he's looking for that payoff to send him off to PSG or something um, Chelsea fifth and Arsenal sixth and Everton seventh. There we are. That's so mine and, and the three and the three relegation. Things. Cardiff bottom, Huddersfield town I'm afraid second season syndrome I thought they'd go down last year and they didn't very well but nearly tumbled so Huddersfield to, to the other one and I think Bournemouth may go with them I haven't seen them improve their side very much
2: Interesting, they have signed um, the lad, the Colombian lad I believe £25 million for a record bid of £25 million, uh, Jefferson Lerma yeah. um, It's slightly unfair me asking this question because we do have a few days of the window left and we could sign Gareth Bale. No, we were not sign Gareth Bale. But we, we could we could make some acquisitions that Im- improve our situation. Other clubs might see, make certain acquisitions or have players leave, so things could things could change. But um, as it is, the window doesn't close to Thursday, and we're recording a pod on a Sunday. Um, Bex, what about you?
1: I think Man City also will win the league, and I think that we will possibly come third. Um, but again, that you know, like you say, it's only Sunday and. Lots could happen. Um, but I think we're reasonably well placed. Mm, I'm not sure who would be second. Probably the Chavs, actually, if I have to admit to anybody. Um, I don't really care, so long as Arsenal don't. So as long as Arsenal are at least playing European, um, the European League next... Yeah, next season, I really don't care. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So long as we're not, because that's always nice. To go down, I think Southampton had a really dodgy season last season, so I'd like to see them go down. It's got nothing to do with the fact that I work in Portsmouth. Nothing. Not a single yeah. thing. Um, at West Ham and I agree, I think Huddersfield are going to wobble. I think they're my uh, yeah, candidates.
2: Okay, so for the relegated teams I've got, firstly, um, I think Fulham and Wolves will, will, will stay up Of the teams that have been promoted but I think Cardiff will go down. Um, Neil Warnock has got relegation written all over his face. <laughs> um, uh, that's if he lasts. I, I, I don't think he's going to last the full season. I think he'll get sacked That's halfway through. Um uh, I'm, I'm glad they're in the Premier League, but I don't like the football they play, and I don't like Warnock. Um, he's a good manager, bringing teams up, but um, I don't think he's got a great record. Um, Sheffield United went down. Um, QPI wasn't really given a chance. Um, so I think, yeah, Cardiff will go down. I think South, I agree with you, Bex. I think Southampton under Mark Hughes. Um, They've sold a lot of players over the years, but they've always managed to replace them. Um, but I think they're, they're starting to show signs in the last year or so that they're not the force they once were. So Southampton, Cardiff, and I'm torn between Huddersfield and West Ham. I'm going to go with West Ham. Good lad. Um, Palace Paul, <laughs> with the other one, but they've had a good, they've had a good pre-season. Um, yeah,
1: but a pre-season doesn't mean anything, does it really? No, it,
2: it, it, it doesn't, um, but I, I think Hodgson is a solid, pragmatic manager and I think he, he can keep them up. He, 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 had he a did rescue them last year,
1: didn't
2: he? He did, and he had a good record with some of the so-called smaller teams with Fulham and West Brom before that. Um, I think their biggest problem is if, if they lose Saha and... Um, they're going to lose presumably they've already lost him um who was the lad they, they had on loan from Chelsea um lost his cheek um and if they if if he's going back to Chelsea um to the parent club and they haven't got replacement for him and somehow goes that could affect them but I still think they're probably strong enough to stay off so uh, yeah West Ham for me um the top four right um I agree with you both I think city are probably I think city play like they did last season no one can catch them it doesn't matter how how much we strengthen. It doesn't matter if we sign Gareth Bale um, or whoever or the fact that Liverpool have spent X amount on a goalkeeper or, or whatever else. I think if, Liverpool have, if if City have a season they had last season, nobody will catch them. Um, I'm going to make an assumption that they're going to have a little dip, a slight dip in their form which may or may not be enough um, for others to catch them, but I think that I've got to make that assumption. Otherwise, it, it, if they don't, then they'll then they they'll they'll win the league in period.
1: October.
2: Yeah. Um, so I think that United will finish fourth. I think we'll finish somewhere in the top three. Um, I think that. Sorry, no, I think I think Liverpool will finish fourth, actually. They can spend what they, what they want, but I think they've, they've done enough to consolidate their position uh, over the last two seasons, which is fourth. So I think they'll finish fourth. I think United will finish third. I think City will finish second, and we're going to win the league, obviously. Um, <laughs> it, it, that's,
1: have, you just, have you just gone back and I, listened to your words I've from last season? And yep, absolutely.
2: Okay. i think just gone I think realistically, I'm going to go with that, but realistically, I think we'll finish somewhere in the top three. And that I mean exactly that. That's i.e. third, second, or third, first. Um, and obviously, uh, the, the, the chances of finishing first are a lot less likely than finishing third. Yep. Yes. Se- second. Uh, it's fine margins, you know. It could, it could just be we could have um, a, a spell where we where we've got players fit and and we're lucky with injuries, and uh, the, the team nearest to us has a has a bad patch with injuries and, and drops drops some points. I mean, last season we finished third, but if we were slightly more consistent at other points this season, we could have finished second. I don't think United were all that. Um, yeah, that that's what I'm going go for. Um, and we can come back at the end of the season and look at look at our predictions and see how right or wrong we were joy um yep, right final question so last season we had a re recurring question on the pod I- each week that we asked um anybody who appeared on the podcast for the first time um this this year we opened it up to listeners and Ask them to come up with a, a similar sort of recurring question that we could ask each week. Um, we had a few good suggestions, um, but in the end, um, I went for um, one from uh, his Twitter handle is at I, I know Alan Gilzine, who says, Which Spurs player would you like to travel to and sit with at an away game? Who wants to go first?
3: Go on, David. i was just just—I'm trying to look at my bit of paper now. <laughs> 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 I've written so many bits and pieces, and oh, here we are, Ericsson. Yep, Ericsson. because he—he he has a—a a, good—he sees the picture, and he can explain it to me what he's seeing going on on the pitch. That's he has got that view. So yeah, a player with his—with uh, his vision, I'd—I'd I'd like to go with.
1: Thanks. So, well, mm. because different players offer you or you perceive as a fan that they will offer you different things. So I'm sure if you went with Eric Dyer, he'd be quite, because he comes across as quite a calm person and he'd be like, oh, OK, well, this has happened and This is why it's happened. And again, like you said, David, it's that level of explanation, isn't it? Mm. But I'd quite like to go with Eric Lamella for the fire. And the Spanishness and the general hissing when something goes wrong that he doesn't like, and I think he would be really, really entertaining to sit and go to, to go to any game with.
2: Okay, um, so my one, and I've only just realised it now because I, I, I looked at the question slightly differently. Um, I looked, I focused more on the travel to um, away game rather than the sit with at a match. So I focused more on um, who I would be. Um, uh, in a coach with or, or, or on a train or, or, or whatever it might might be. Um, and I went for Eric Lamella on the basis that um, he would prepare the mate and we'd just share <laughs> around and, and, and drink the mate. Brilliant. <laughs> Simple as that. It's, it's, mate yeah. is, it's not like a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. There, there is an art to making it. And I would want, I would want Eric Lamella to prepare the mate and, and do all that shit and just share it around. Fair enough. Um, so that's, uh, that's my after <laughs> that. Right, um, we'll be recording the next podcast um, a week today, the day after the um, Newcastle game. Until then, thank you, Bex. Thank you very much. Thank you, David.
3: Thanks very much. See you, you at Newcastle. You certainly will.
2: And until next week, um, the future's bright, the future's really white. Good night. Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal
0: Come on Tottenham, the base are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load and nights we fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey! Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lady white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the name's up on our shirt the Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her.